This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. I absolutely love the convenience and the eco-friendly nature of catalogs today. That is to say, the majority of them are simply online. Uh, whether they be a company's website or whether they be a brand's PDF that I get an email saying, this is now accessible and you can go check things out. I love that. I like that I can have it on my phone. I like how there's interactive elements. I like how there's recommended products under everything. I like how they can go into a lot greater detail online than they can on print. I like that I don't have to throw it away after a few months and have it fill up a landfill or you know just burn somewhere in my backyard. But I do miss the day when I would get the Bass Pro Shop catalog that was an inch and a half thick, knowing that probably in the next week I'd be getting the Cabela's catalog that was probably an inch and a quarter thick. And what I would do is I would sit and I would go through them cover to cover. Now, I wouldn't read everything, but it just, it was a little bit of a habit or a tradition for me. Once I got those catalogs, just flip through them real fast. And I can remember it, you know, the Bass Pro Shop, the first few pages were tracker boats, and you got into ads for where all the locations were. And that's where, as a young man, I found out, oh, they're going to put a Bass Pro Shop, you know, close to me. I don't have to fly to Springfield, Missouri or something like that to go to Bass Pro Shop. And just go through and and look at different things and, and learn more about the outdoors because at that age, I really didn't have fly fishing tunnel vision. And I don't, I don't right now, but I think there was a period in time where I did, probably when I was in my 20s. But I was just into anything and everything outdoors. I wanted the rubber worms, and I wanted the nice hiking boots, and I wanted a tent, and I dreamed about one day having an ATV. And so all of those things were were, were valid. And I'd flip through, and I would see products, and I would, I now I like gear, and so there's something to be said for that. But just flipping through and learning all about the different outdoor products. And so what ended up happening is when I went to ask for something for my birthday for Christmas or to spend a little bit of my money. I wasn't thinking first and foremost about what's on those 15 or 20 fly fishing pages. I thought, what can I get that I need? 
And there's a lot of value in that. Now, I think we should support fly shops. I think we should support fly fishing brands. But I think the most important thing for you and for me is that we support ourselves. That might have to do with your specific particular needs, how you fish, where you fish, what you do, what you like, or that might have to do with your budget. I have no problem spending a little bit more for the exact same product, getting it from a fly shop or from a fly fishing brand. I have no problem if it's a negligible difference, just, you know, a couple bucks or, you know, two or 5% or something like that. I have no problem doing that because I do want to support them. But if that 2 or 5%, if that 10 or 15 bucks is something that you really, really need to be careful with, then absolutely get the off-brand, get the hunting version of it, get whatever. Uh, that There's nothing wrong with that. But hopefully you know from listening to all my podcasts and reading all my articles or even just a smattering of them, you know that I have a lot of respect for the fly fishing industry, for the people that are in it, for the fact that so many people are pouring their hearts and their souls into creating and designing and selling and using these products for us, for, for, for a profit, obviously, but for us. So we support them. We support the fly shops, but even fly shops, there's a lot of fly shops that you can go into and there's going to be something else there. And I think some of the best ones are this way. The best fly shops are the one where you go in and they have the rod rack. They have all the reels. They have the huge fly bins and the big wall of fly tying materials, but there's also some other lifestyle stuff around there. There are some brands that aren't fly fishing brands, but that fly shop owner or somebody who works in that fly shop, who's a hiker, or maybe who spends a lot of time on a boat, just tooling around with his family. They really appreciate having item X or Y on them. And so the fly shop decides to sell that because there's value for their customers and they think that they will be able to sell a couple of them. I think that's great. And I think that fly shops to survive as we're moving forward, there's going to be some consolidation with other outdoor industry uh, folks, specifically because we're one of the smaller fish in a bigger pond. Uh, We need them a lot more than they need us. And I think there's also the potential for great cross-pollinization for people who might not be super interested or excited in getting totally decked out and geared out for fly fishing, but they're willing to buy an inexpensive pack rod because they're going to go camping up at a lake somewhere and they'd like to try fly fishing versus, you know, scrounging around for worms on the bank or, you know, even they just like the romanticism of it more than throwing a spinner. I think there's going to be a great opportunity for that or for the the person who brings their spouse so that they can buy their boots. And as they're looking around, they say, you know what? I want to give this fly fishing a shot. So there's a little bit of a rant, but I, I think it just goes to show what I'm talking about today, which is we can look outside of fly fishing to find what we need for fly fishing or to diversify our experience. So I'm going to talk about that in a few different ways. I wrote about this last week and talked about a few different products, but I just wanted to kind of riff on a little bit, have a little bit of a conversation, and maybe explain it a little bit more. So the first thing that I think that you can do by looking outside of those pages is get some value. And this strikes me the most with clothing. So you're obviously not going to find a fly rod that's not made by a fly fishing company. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure somebody who makes... Uh, some sort of graphite product or some sort of fiberglass product has decided, hey, it's no extra work. We're already building these blanks for these companies for us to slap on a couple of components and sell it. I'm sure that's out there. I'm sure that's probably what you see when you find stuff at really weird prices on Amazon or eBay. But by and large, you're going to be buying your value end stuff or your high end stuff 
from fly fishing brands, from fly fishing companies. And so that's not what we're talking about. But there's other things on the periphery, and clothing is a great example of that. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I have a lot of clothes, a lot of stuff, and that's just because I want the right tool for the right job. And sometimes a tool is a pair of socks. Sometimes a tool is an, uh, a long sleeve hooded shirt. And I want exactly what I need for my time outside. That's just something that I feel like is not a huge burden on the space that I have and, and on my on my budget. That being said, I get a lot of my clothing that I take on the water from the running section. So I like to run. I like to trail run. And I want to be comfortable when I do that because it's not just about oh being a little bit drier or being a bit warmer. It's so you, that you don't get you know chafed and you don't get you know real hot and get like heat rash and stuff like that. Uh, I, I I want more endurance. So I don't want to be super super sweaty. So I want to find good stuff that fits me right and that is comfortable. Where do I get that? I know there's options out there in the fly fishing catalog from the fly shops, and I have some of those things. I have some fantastic long sleeve sun protecting bug repellent shirts that I absolutely love. And I'll wear those when I'm gone for like multiple days. But if I'm just going out for the day, I'm probably going to reach into my drawer where my running stuff is. And some of that stuff comes from some of the premier sporting names, but more often than not, it comes from Target. And I get stuff that is uh, a nylon blend that is wicking, that fits me right, that has the right cut, that, you know, that the hemline's long enough because I it's inexpensive. And if I'm going to run in it a lot, you know, everyday running gear, I don't want it to be something too crazy expensive. And I have a lot of success with their stuff. So I get it from there. I get it from the outlet malls. I find it online, you know, whether it be Under Armour or New Balance or something like that. And they're not fly fishing brands, but you know what? The fish do not care. And honestly, I don't think the fish care too much if you're wearing bright colors. I think they care a lot more about your uh, profile that you're presenting and about the movement. But again, that's neither here nor there. So I'll wear that stuff and I'll wear the ugly stuff, uh, you know, the neon greens and the oranges just as much as I'll wear the, the drab colors. But another place where I look is the hunting gear. And this is where kind of getting back to Bass Pro and Cabela's, I find some of my great warm weather fishing gear for when I'm going after steelhead for when I am just standing, you know, waist deep in a, in a spring creek in the wintertime. I find clothing in the hunting aisles to be the best stuff, the absolutely best stuff. Because a lot of that stuff, you know, is made for guys sitting in tree stands. And that's about as close to, say, steelhead fishing as I can think. I'm not actively walking up and down these stream banks for a prolonged period of time. There's a lot of standing in one spot and drifting and maybe taking a couple steps after five or 10 minutes, but then drifting and drifting. So what are they wearing in the tree stand? What are they wearing someplace where they are totally exposed to the elements uh, for a long period of time? I'm going to find that same stuff and throw it under my waders to keep me warm. And so you find a lot of value that way. Can you get that you know, $150 uh, fleece bib from the fly fishing company? Yes, and it works great. Some of my, I have two pairs of pants that I fish with a lot. One of them is some Cabela's branded uh, fleece pants that are just bulletproof and I'll get hot if I move like like any faster than a sloth's pace, they're, but they're fantastic. And another pair I have are some Sims ones. They're not as as hot as my Cabela's ones, but uh, they were more expensive, but they look good. Like I could wear them on the water in the wintertime and then go into a restaurant and be totally fine. So, I mean, they, they both have their purposes, but they both have their ups and downs. So for value, look outside. Look at the off-brand stuff. Go to Marshall's, go to TJ Maxx, see what you can find. Now, I'm not a fan of fishing in like jeans and a hoodie, but 
if I just have a few hours to kill, I'm going to do it. You'll probably see pictures of me online wearing a, a dress shirt and khakis because I honestly don't want to get changed just to fish for half an hour or 45 minutes. So, But when you're trying to find things that are kind of in between that expedition level gear and a few hours of fishing, check out those other stores where you're going to find things that are going to fit right and they're going to fulfill the purposes you need. You know, moisture wicking, um, keeping you dry if you were to get rained on a little bit, temperature control, keeping you warm when it's uh, cool out and keeping you cool when it's warm out. And then sun protection. That's a, another huge one. You can find some really good sun protecting stuff because that's something that everybody cares about, not just anglers and hikers and people on boats, but everybody cares about keeping the sun off. And if you're anything like me, you absolutely hate applying sunscreen and bug spray. So if you can use some sort of clothing to do that instead of uh, some some spray, then go for it. So value, that's the first one. The second thing is finding something that's specialized. And this is kind of my first article years ago that got me exploring this topic was I found a pair of shoes that is my totally top tier fly fishing shoe. And it's made by a company called Astral. And I do not get a kickback from them by saying this, but they are by far the best wading shoes I've ever worn. I've tried some of the shoes from the fly fishing companies and they're good, they're solid, but these Astrals are just the stickiest, lightest, most water repellent shoes I have ever worn in my entire life. And they're made for kayaking. So what do you do when you are moving your kayak from one place to another? You pick the thing up and you're walking on potentially slick or uneven wet surfaces. So these shoes need to give you enough support that you can walk with your kayak and then also give you the grip so that you can move on those varied surfaces. Well, that will do exactly what you need to do when you're hopping from rock to rock on a mountain stream or just wet wading in your normal river. So this is a specialized shoe that in my mind, and they come in all, I I, I have a pair called the Brewers. They've actually updated called the Brewer 2.0. I'd love to give those a whirl as well as they have some high top uh, versions of them to give you a little more ankle support, which these days is probably would be good for me to, to give a, give a try also. But they're, they're excellent. They're not my go-to wading boot if I'm fishing all day long, but if I'm running up to the mountains and I need something light, that's what I take. If I'm just kicking around with the kids for a few hours at the local stream, that's what I'm going to wear. I have some awesome rugged wading boots, but these are a specialized product that I feel like just completely dovetails with my needs for a lot of my fishing. But the same thing is with like other tools too. Uh, I take trekking poles uh, every once in a while if I am going to be wading somewhere that's precarious. I didn't buy a wading staff. I have trekking poles that work just fine, and they're a lot cheaper. They're not as collapsible as some of the wading staffs, but they get small enough I can strap them to my wading belt or I can put them in my backpack. Backpacks are another thing. There are a couple good, quote-unquote, fly fishing backpacks, but I find the best ones are not fly fishing backpacks. Um, I, I have a backpack made by a company that makes primarily fly fishing stuff, which is Vitavu, but it is a very simple design. It's just a main compartment with a bunch of lash points. And I feel like that is perfect because it fits my needs perfectly. But I have some other uh, backpacks from L.L. Bean, from Deuter, some other backpack companies that really do a great job of meeting my needs of small gear storage, lots of that, that's accessible, a lot of room in the back, and then places for me to put uh, rods and put extra spools that are acceptable and that are going to keep them secure as I'm moving through the woods. So those are specialized pieces of gear that I'm not feeling I'm getting my needs met within the fly fishing space, especially for the dollars that I want to spend. So if I can find something that's going to do double duty for me when I'm on the trail, when I'm camping, 
but then also when I go fishing, then I'd rather spend $200 once than $150 two times on two different products, if that makes sense. So specialized gear that fits your need. Now, this is the same thing that I, I would say if you have some sort of um, impairment, disability, if you have uh, you know something that you, you need a little bit of help, uh, there's a good chance that those much larger industries have something that is going to fit your needs better. This could be true for sizing issues. This could be true, you know, if you if you are living someplace where the temperatures and the weather are extreme, you might find something in one of these much larger industries than in fly fishing. And there's nothing discriminatory about that. It's just simply the nature of the beast. You have a larger industry, you're going to have more uh, people feeding into it, and you're going to have more options. So first thing is value. Second thing is specialized stuff. Thirdly is diversifying your experience. And this is, I think, one of the things we don't talk about enough. But it's something we all want to do. I think we all want to do it because fly fishing brands uh, push this image. For every three or four persons standing in a river or holding a fish, there's at least one hanging out at a tailgate. There's at least one campsite fire, you know, shot. We like that. We want that. We, we, we enjoy that. That's part of fly fishing. Fly fishing is not that just that moment of you stepping in the water and casting. Fly fishing is not just that moment of, of catching fish. It's everything that's around it. And that's where it bleeds into other outdoor activities. And I think we have to acknowledge that. There's not a lot of fly fishing brands that is going to sell a tent. I don't think there's any fly fishing brands that sell camp chairs. Yeti does, but again, Yeti's not a fly fishing brand, but Yeti is a great example, Whether regardless of what you think about them. They make fantastic products, and I, I am a convert after being a skeptic, uh, but they have marketed themselves into fly fishing when there's nothing intrinsically fly fishing about it, uh, but, they, but they fit in with that whole uh, ethos of, of just in having quality stuff that you can use on the water or before or after you get on the water. Another thing besides a good cooler that I've found is having a nice sleeping pad. Now, this allows me to sit on the ground or sit on my tailgate and be comfortable. I have it in the back of my car for when I camp or for for when uh, the kids and I go and sit somewhere. I hate sitting on the hard ground. Just to have something like that. A $50 sleeping pad, you're going to find a million uses for. It can be lumbar support. You can put it up against a tree and sit down. But it's, it's more convenient in my mind and more versatile than a camp chair. Similarly, using a grill. So I have this little uh, deal called the Flat Pack from a company called UCO, and it is a very portable grill that has a grate on top. You can use it simply as a fire pit, but what this allows you to do is have a contained fire in places that might have regulations about open fires. So I don't know where you live and what you do, but this way I can have a small fire at the streamside pretty much anywhere, and I'm not endangering the the woods. I am not running afoul of most laws. And if I wanted to, in my cooler, I could throw a couple of bratwurst, and I can have a really fantastic afternoon on the water, fish, then eat, and then go and fish again. I'm not having to drive into town to eat a hot meal. So something like that, it's like a, like a, like a diversifying your experience, but also it's a quality of life and a comfort thing. I would say the same thing is true of finding a good tailgate solution or a good like back hatch. So I've got a minivan and then I've got this other kind of hybrid hatchback situation. And I have bought little pieces of gear and, and thing, totes and tubs that fit into those spots that are made for who knows what, whether for tools or for baby 
gear storage, things like that, but they fit into the vehicle and I can put fly fishing stuff in it. I can put other things from my car, other things I'm going to use when I'm just hanging out before or after fly fishing and everything stays out of the way so that when I get groceries, I don't accidentally bring my fishing gear in with me after a day because I've just got it sitting in a bag in the back of my, my car. So little things like that, they allow you to diversify your experience, streamline your time on the water, a little bit of creature comfort. Now, some people might say that's that's kind of sissy-like. That's not really fly fishing. Well, then that's fine. You do not have to do that. But I like to do that. I like to get on the water first and fast, but then afterwards I like to take my time and unwind, enjoy being by the water. And so anything that I can do then, then to make things easier and more comfortable, as long as it's not a huge expense, I'm all about it. And again, those things, they, they diversify your experience, but they also offer a diverse experience. So those are things I end up using with my kids a lot, uh, you know, having those comfort items in the back of my car. So it is a good idea to just see what's out there. See see what the aftermarket options for your vehicle are and say, you know what, that particular little hook or that uh, attachment point or that little latch that I can buy, that could really help me when I'm camping out of my car when I'm fishing like after a day of fishing there's a place for me to hang my sling pack or my waders and just you know a, a little five dollar part I got to order from the, uh, the, the the car magazine you never know what you're going to find that could actually really make a difference kind of over the long run hopefully this is giving you some food for thought find something that can give you some value find something that you can really dial in a specialty thing that you do because you now have something and then also ways to diversify your experience you might not be as fussy about gear and i get that and that's okay and then like i said there's times where i'm out there in my jeans and my cowboy boots and i will catch fish and i'll be just as happy as if i'm in my fancy uh, pants and socks and waders and boots and all of that stuff but over the long haul like i was saying before some of these things really do pay off dividends and they they protect your gear, they might protect you, and they might streamline it so that you're getting on the water faster and fishing more. So if you really, really need a pragmatic approach to this, think about it that way. If not, if you don't mind shopping around a little bit and looking to see what's out there, thumbing through every page of that catalog and getting ideas, then I would say go for it. It's not about the stuff, but if you're going to have stuff, have the stuff that's going to help you enjoy your time on the water and give you more time on the water. Any ideas, any products that you have that really have made your time on the water better, but that aren't from fly fishing brands, let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com. I would love to hear it. This week on castingacross.com, the first article was called Fly Fishing's Most Important Meal of the Day. I talk about breakfast. So to kind of piggyback off of that last point about a diversified experience an essential part of my fly fishing experience is stopping to get breakfast it might be mcdonald's drive through uh, it usually isn't a big sit-down breakfast but having a hot biscuit sandwich and an enormous black coffee is just part and parcel of fly fishing to me and i just don't want to not have it and so i talk about that and, and talk about how there's a lot more to it than just getting food but it's part of the experience it's part of the ritual and uh, the richness that brings to your fishing experience i also offer up a couple of uh, recommendations on spots 
And then Wednesday's article is called Time Flies, Two Years of the Flyberry Project. So I'm not officially affiliated with the Flyberry Project by any stretch of the imagination, except for the fact that I guess I'm a, an, an owner or a sponsor or something of, of one up in New Hampshire. But this project was started by Larry Luttrell. Uh, you might know him from the Taylor Trash Fly Fishing Podcast. And he and the guys there put together the Flyberry Project. And you can go to that website and see where they are all over the country. And I just think it's a really cool idea because what it did is it, it, it went beyond a hashtag or it went beyond an idea and it actually became a tangible thing that people can go out and be a part of that helps each other, that creates and fosters community. And, and th- those phrases usually don't mean a whole lot, but this is an example of where they're actually accomplishing something. So I think it's pretty cool. I think it's worth checking out. Read the article to find out a little bit more. This week's recommendation on the podcast. This is seriously one of the best articles of clothing I have ever owned. And that is hyperbole, but at the same time, it's not. The Alpaca Fleece Hoodie from Appalachian Gear Company is remarkable. It is incredibly soft. It is incredibly warm, yet at the same time, it is very breathable. It is a fitted long sleeve shirt that just fits me perfectly, but it's got some stretch to it. So I think it probably, if you get the right size, is going to fit you perfectly as well. They make them for men. They make them for women. There's a hooded version, which I would absolutely recommend because when you pop that hood over your head, it keeps you warm, but you can hear perfectly, which for me... I detest it when I move my head back and forth and all I hear is the whooshing of my head and my hat or my hair on the inside of my hood. This thing is so lightweight and soft that you can still hear well while you have the hood on, which I don't know, that's maybe me being paranoid in the woods, but I want to be able to locate the sounds that I hear very, very well. Anyway, the thing uh, keeps you warm when you're wet. I got drizzled on the first few times I wore it and I was really impressed at how it performed even when slightly damp. It's not an inexpensive garment. It is over 100 bucks, but if you want one hoodie that you can wear for a long weekend trip that is going to keep you warm and it's not going to get funky because the stuff has magical alpaca properties that keep it from getting funky, apparently, this is the one to wear. I'll put a link to the alpaca fleece hoodie on the show notes for this podcast page on castingacross.com. You can check out some pictures of it as well as a review and last week's post talking about finding gear outside of the fly fishing aisle. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.